0: much-needed win, but the planes set the ice on fire and stuck Hartford stocking with a 3-2 loss. Tonight, the Whalers try to get back on track, facing off against the Red Hot Rangers, who are looking to keep the streak alive at Madison Square Garden. Because of the following special program, WKRP in Cincinnati and Lou Grant will not be presented this
1: evening. The following program was recorded at an earlier date for broadcast at this time.
2: Story of Christmas, Emil? No. You want me to read it to you? Yeah,
3: see
2: you. Mary and Joseph lived in a small town called Nazareth in the province of Galilee. Nazareth is one of several communities built in a hilly area near the Sea of Galilee, a huge freshwater lake. The long journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem in Judea would have taken Mary and Joseph through the Jordan Valley through the Dead Sea. They've traveled along a road that climbed steeply in places south towards Jerusalem and Bethlehem
3: in the crowded city
2: of Bethlehem Jesus was born in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God through a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and the angel came unto her and said hail Thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world shall be taxed. And all went to be taxed, every one in his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which Christ is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. Saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, and good will towards men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Now let us go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger.
4: See them all.
2: okay fine
5: attention shoppers. The Holy Agony presents Mandatory jolliness. The John Dio Family Christmas Special Featuring John Dio Jess Dan Throck Fooley Bill Lord the Trucker, Impossible Princess, Detective Wolfman, Crime Hater Scott, Yerk P, Solomon John, and Starring Brandon as himself, with special appearances by... Blessed Fulton Sheen, Mother Angelica, and the Dio's Family Children's Choir. Thank you. Enjoy your day.
0: The burden of this telecast is to be the meaning of Christmas, but in order to do it, we must give you some philosophies of life. I actually like going to
2: the mall at Christmas time, even though there's this cliche about how awful and commercialized it's supposed to be or whatever. I get this hallucinatory feeling of being unstuck in time. Like right now, I'm walking through the same mall with my kids that I robbed when I was a teenage anarchist. And I, I feel weirdly in both places and both versions of myself at once. I'm a little kid standing in the cold in Hartford waiting for them to light the Christmas tree outside before we go into the old Civic Center mall where the Whalers used to play. I'm seven years old and getting separated from my grandmother because I was staring at the decorations and wandered off. The thing is that the Christmas spirit is like a force of gravity. It doesn't matter whether you fully comprehend the mystery of the birth of a savior, you care about it at all. No amount of commercialism or Charlie Brown pessimism can stop the inextricable momentum of the season towards mandatory joyness, towards joy, towards hope.
5: Who are you talking to?
2: It's for my podcast.
5: O wisdom, coming forth from the mouth of the Most High, reaching from one end to the other, mightily and sweetly ordering all things, come and teach us the way of prudence,
0: Picture it, it's suburban Providence in the early 1980s, and my father is a rip-roaring drunk. Now, here's the thing, I don't have a lot of memories of my father being drunk. What I got is a lot of memories of my father being not drunk. And if you're from a family where Pop is a rip-roaring drunk, you know that the only thing worse than Pop being rip-roaring drunk is Pop not being drunk at all. So, one day, around Christmas time, we go out to get the Christmas tree. And we come home, and, you know, Pop's in a mood, and we're putting the Christmas tree up. And he turns to my older brother, who's like 10 years older than me, who's a teenager at the time. I'm just a little kid. And he goes, go get me a shim. So my brother has no idea what a shim is. He goes and finds my mother. And he says, Pop wants me to find him a shim. Do you know what that is? No, I don't. So, I'm just sitting on the couch while my older brother and my mother spend 20 minutes pretending to look for something called a shim that they have no idea what it is, hoping that he finds one himself or forgets or... Gives up entirely. And uh, of course, none of this happens. So my father finally says to my brother, You know, Where, where's that shim I asked you for? And my brother says, Pop, I don't know what a shim is. And my father takes this big, deep breath, big sigh, looks up at my brother, and goes, well what a sheltered fucking life we've led. Merry Christmas from Dan Thrall. Here,
6: look. Better bring
5: You don't know. Oh Adonai, and the leader of the house of Israel, who appeared to Moses in the fire of the burning bush and gave him the law and Sinai Come and redeem us
0: an outstretched So I say, therefore, it's hard for some people to accept Christmas. Start loving your fellow man. Start loving your neighbor. And begin to love him, not just because of what he could do for you, but just love him as a fellow man and then eventually you begin to see that he's a creature of god the only unhappy people in this world are the people who are selfish won't you begin to love him? really and truly please do that for me and you'll eventually come to know the true meaning of christmas then you'll have a merry christmas, christmas.
4: parents were Nebraska Hicks. They grew up in rural Nebraska. Their families were poor, so they didn't really have a whole lot. And my dad always had that story at Christmas time. You know, I feel like it's a dad thing to repeat a lot of stories. <laughs> but um, that him and his brother were by their Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. I think their mom was working, or I don't know. And they didn't get that much. Like, didn't have any treats, really. But then his dad got home from work and said Merry Christmas and slid two packs of Rolos across the wood floor. Like, apparently, that vision of the Rolos flying across the floor to him had a big impact. And he loved Rolos. Every time he ate them, he would tell this story, which, if you don't know, it's like a chocolate with caramel in it. So my dad sold life insurance, and I think was just happy to be able to provide more than those for his family. So we were pretty into Christmas, and I just remember every year, even into adulthood, he would say, this is the best Christmas ever. And then we would all, like, gasp because he had vowed he wouldn't say that. I don't know. He just always said it, and then we would get mad about it. I can't even remember why. But Yeah. Love Christmas, and just for the record, my favorite Christmas album is A Christmas Album by Amy Grant.
5: Oh, root of Jesse, standing as a sign among the peoples, before you kings will shut their mouths, to you the nations will make their prayer. Come and deliver us, and delay no longer.
7: Christmas has always been a special time for me and my family. That's not changed. That doesn't make us any more But I will say that normally, with my family, Christmas is a bit sad. You see, my grandfather was six or seven years old. His father died on Christmas. Now, the original story, as it was told to me, is that my grandfather came down the steps of the and found his father underneath the Christmas tree, dead, suicide. And that was the reason why my grandfather, for so many years, was always very, very quiet, and reserved Christmas. He would say Merry Christmas, he'd give us presents, he'd be happy, but it just never seemed like he was really in it. Well, my greatest Christmas memory was probably about five years ago, about six years ago. When I went home to the mountains to see my grandparents, and I actually saw my grandfather smile on Christmas. I don't know the exact reason. Maybe it had something to do with the fact that after all these years, we finally learned that the suicide story wasn't true. I mean, he did die on Christmas, but it was at a football game and he fell off the bleachers. Um, Still don't know if it was intentional or not. Um, But it reminded me that, you know, my grandfather had never told me that story. The suicide room had always been other members of the family. He He just always seemed sad. He never talked to me. So in a weird way, I think finding out the truth when we went through the, the paper records, newspaper records, Lubbock, Texas, and found out that, yeah, he had died on Christmas, but it more likely an accident, uh, maybe seemed to perk up my grandfather. And seeing him smile on Christmas, seeing him, you know, give you a big hug, and, hey, thanks for the gifts, and here's a little bit of alcohol. <laughs> That's something he never did until until just a few years ago. And that, to me, is the best Christmas moment. Showing you that no matter how dark it is, no matter how bleak you think a certain day, certain period of your life is, there's always room forever.
5: O key of David and scepter of the house of Israel, you open and no one can shut. You shut, and no one can open. Come and meet the prisoners from the prison house, those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death.
1: December 22nd, 2008. Electricity. I'm in Edmonton, Alberta with a W900 and a set of trains. They made me wait a little while to try and find a backload, but the economy had just collapsed and there wasn't much happening, so they finally said, Head her home, we'll get you home for Christmas. Away I go. Much later that evening, I'm on. The Yellowhead Highway, number 16, east of Saskatoon. It's about 10.30 at night. There is nobody on the road. And the thermometer on the truck's dashboard is showing minus 37 outside. I imagine that's not accounting for the prairie wind. The wind chill was probably much colder. Off in the distance, I see these faint lights blinking on and off. I get a little closer and there's an old pickup truck on the side of the road. Four-ways flashing, but they're barely on. figure I better pull over and investigate. I get the truck slowed down. I can see in the mirror this person get out of the pickup. Runs up to my truck, I roll the window down, and he says, boy, am I glad to see you. I says, sir, is your truck broke down? He says, yep, we've been sitting here for quite a while. And I says, who's we? He says, I've got my kids with me in the pickup. And you give me a ride, oh, I can't remember the name of the town. It was about another 45 minutes east of where we were sitting. And I said, yeah, man, no problem. It's fucking cold. Come on in. He goes back to his truck to get his kids. Comes up to the passenger side door. I open the door. He hands me a kid about four or five years old. I throw it in the bunk, hands me another kid, and then another kid, and then another kid. And he gets in the truck. And I've got four children between the ages of five and about 11 or 12 years old in the bunk of my Kenworth. And this farmer fellow, I says to him, uh, what are you doing out here at 1030 at night on a cold night like this? He says, well, I had to go to Saskatoon. One of the kids had an appointment at the hospital, and there's not one where we live. And I figured I'd get some Christmas shopping done. I said, why didn't you leave him home with, mo- with her mother? Well, her mother lives up in Lorange And she's not very well. And I have custody of all four of them. And I live by myself. Well, you know, some people are down and out. And this guy looked like he had his hands full. So down we go these back roads off Highway 16. I get him to his farm. Everybody gets delivered home nice and warm. And I uh, bid him farewell and a Merry Christmas. I haven't really thought much about that story, but on a cold, lonely night like that, I have to wonder sometimes if I didn't pick them up and his truck wasn't running and they had no heat, would they have made it for another one? Merry Christmas, everybody.
7: Annie. What'd you get? Oh,
5: boy. A morning star. Splendor of light eternal and son of righteousness, come and enlighten those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death.
1: Prophets of old had foretold of its coming for four thousand years, and a lot of people say that the wise men from the east were probably astronomers that may have studied the stars and knew that the new star that was going to appear in the east at the time of it was apparent. A lot of others, of course, say that they were told by God that the star was about to appear, so they could begin their long journey from the east. And where was the east? people say it could have been india some people speculate that one of the wise men came from as far away as korea all the way across asia he must have been coming for many months maybe maybe even years to get to the place where that new star that was to hang over that manger in the town of bethlehem 10 miles from jerusalem
8: Shepherds, quell your fears and listen. Hans. I bring you joy with your own ears to hear. The world is saved now in present tense, with these signs to make his royal presence clear. The house of David is his chosen court, the babe in cloths, from whom his manger reigns. To him our holy praises we exhort, to him only the power of unshackled chains. He is the word which was and is of God. He is the Son of Man, as you with flocks. He holds the ball of the world in his infinite hand. In infinite wisdom, will teach you how to walk. Glory to God in his highest heaven. Peace to men on earth who accept his message.
6: Christmas Carol by Christina Rossetti. In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan. Earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow and snow, snow on snow. In the bleak midwinter, long ago, our God, heaven, and not hurt him, nor earth sustain. Heaven and earth. Shall flee away when it comes to rain. The bleak midwinter, the stable place sufficed, the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Enough for him whom cherubim worship night and day, breastful of milk and a mangerful of hay. Enough for him whom angels fall down before, the ox and ass and camel who adore. Angels and archangels. They have gathered there, cherubim and the throng the air, but only his mother and her maiden bliss worship the beloved the kiss. What can I give him? For as I am, if I were a shepherd, I would bring a land if I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can I give him. Give
5: my heart, Merry Christmas, O King of the nations and their desire, the Cornerstone, making both one. Come and save the human race, which you fashioned from clay.
6: But do you remember whose birthday
5: it is? What are you going to give? to Jesus and to his mother.
6: And that is the problem today. There is no room for him today, no more
5: than there was in his day. There are shepherds around, a lot of them, the faithful. There are some wise men. But what do you believe?
9: the last six Christmases in a basement. My family's Christmas traditions changed over the years. We used to have these big family gatherings with food, presents, backyard football, a whole lot of shouting. But since the old family matriarchs have passed away, none of the younger generations really picked up the torch. But my older brother's married with kids, so my mom, my dad, and I will spend Christmas Eve over at their house. My older brother and I, we've always been close, but we're very different. While I'm by no means a black sheep, I'm definitely the rambler in the family. I moved away a while back, about ten years ago, and I could only ever afford to come home once in the summer and then again at Christmas, and I'd always stay at my brother's. Anyway, on Christmas Eve, after dinner and presents, uh, they'll put my niece and nephew to bed. And our folks will head out a little while after that, and then I'll stay guard while my brother and his wife put out the gifts. Uh, then my brother and I will have a couple drinks and watch Impractical Jokers reruns until we get tired down in the basement. That's where I sleep. Don't get the wrong idea, there's a perfectly good couch upstairs that I'm welcome to, but the basement's where it's at. It's pitch black down there, and in the wintertime, it gets cold as hell. And I'll bundle up in long sleeves, and wool cap, two or or three blankets, and get the best sleep I'm gonna have all year. And then around five or six in the morning, the kids will come and get me. I miss when they were smaller, and they would just climb all over me like dogs. And I'd trap them in a big hug, and offer to let him go if they let me go back to sleep. Now they just yell at me from the stairs. But if I play possum long enough, I can still trick my niece to come down there. She'll tickle my face with her hair, and I can get a good hug out of her. My brother's wife, she'll make these, like, egg muffins with sausage and peppers in them for breakfast. So I'll eat a whole bunch of those, drink too much coffee, and... My brother, he'll be putting together every contraption under the sun and getting closer and closer to a classic old man meltdown, you know, it's not a true Christmas morning without one of those. We'll hang out all morning and finally get cleaned up, and I'll head out some point in the afternoon and usually have dinner with my old man. We'll hang out for a while, have a few drinks, uh, and then at night, when I'm all wrapped up, I just drive around town, and sometimes I'll go by old houses we used to live in, and think about how things used to be you know that sort of thing good times bad times uh, but it's weird because as much as I miss a lot of how things used to be uh, I know that one day I'll miss how they are now and uh, I moved back home a couple years ago and I figured since I had my own place we would do things a little differently but my brother and his wife insist on me coming over and still being a part of their tradition so until I can trick some gal into hitching her wagon to mine and let me put a kid in her, I think that's what I'll do.
5: O Emmanuel, our king and our lawgiver, the hope of the nations and their savior, come and save us, O Lord our God.
10: So we'll give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and she'll bear herself. And she'll name I just left Sunday Mass at the Cathedral Basilica in St. Louis. It's the first time I've been there in at least fifteen years. Even though I've uh, lived in St. Louis for most of my life, except for college, don't really have a good reason for not going there more. But uh, to be honest, I've been a pretty shitty Catholic all my life. One thing about going to a really beautiful cathedral like that is if uh, you've had like a shitty conscience even if you've never really done anything particularly bad, if you're kind of just, uh, you know, not being godly, (laughs) I guess, uh, you feel kind of crappy about yourself. So I kind of just sat there, you know, wishing I was a better person. And then um, mass started with uh o come, o come, Emmanuel, because it's about two weeks before Christmas. Um, pretty much like five seconds into it, my heart started racing, got a little teary-eyed. Uh, getting pretty sick of being gay, to be honest.
5: Virgin of virgins, how shall this be? For neither before thee was any like thee, nor shall there be after. Daughters of Jerusalem, why marvel ye at me? The thing which ye behold is a divine mystery.
8: Snowflakes kept and reserved. Last Advent's winter, passion spurned. Powdery muscles, impossibly curved. Stigmatic thoughts of burning year. This dreamboat lover, rolled and padded, frozen as penitent sacrifice. Cracked stone heart, frigid and jagged, melted before warm artifice. What eternal merriment or woe rings heralded by muted bells. His becoming of a ghost in snow, to scorn sweet summer's dewy hells.
11: We had a living room on the second floor, overlooking the canal walkway. My childhood cycle path, a road of red brick tiles, stretching for miles of lost time. I remember the chestnut trees, and the benches of smoky black wood. The parallel lines of the grey stone steps, leading down to the bottle green water. But it's evening now, round Christmas time. Not the day itself, but the day we decorate the tree, and the room is full of golden light and the smell of pine. I see it as if through the crystalline bubble of a snow globe. How outside the orb-shaped lamplights cast silvery sharks onto the dark surface of the water, where I watch their dreadful sleep in childhood awe. My parents tell me it's just a reflection of the light, The plastic tablecloth on the floor under the tree is littered with pine needles. My father threads a yellow Christmas light into the wicker star to light the way to Bethlehem for our three wise men. And the midnight sky in which it hangs enters the living room, threaded with planets, successive galaxies of baubles and cosmic Kirby dot paint splatter of tinsel to say hello to the tiny baby in the manger at the bottom of our tree. It seems to me the word hark is the shape of an angel. And even now I believe that hark shaped angels still wing through that night, while my child self even now asks, what do sharks have to do with all that light?
12: Okay, so, I'm reflecting, I'm reflecting, as I often do at this time of year, about a Christmas memory or two, you know, my dad, he has this habit of us getting together for holidays and being like, what is your, what stands out as your Thanksgiving memory, or as your, or as your, you know, as the highlight, the highlight of Christmases? over the years past. And I'd be like, Dad, the only memory I have of Christmas is you asking me what the highlight of the previous Christmases was. But for real, though, I do have a Christmas memory that stands out that took place at my grandfather's house, my dad's dad's house, in um, uh, in uh, San Jose. And, uh, you know, at this point in my life, we were flying back to California from Nebraska, where we had moved, and so we get to you know we're in San Jose, and my grandpa, who was a former uh, you know K-, K through twelve educator, he was like, "I want you guys to put on this play." Me and my cousins, so you know his grandkids, and uh, you know everything seemed to be going pretty smooth with the, with rehearsing the play and all that. Everybody was was um, you know I mean they were hamming it up, but then at a certain point. I got into a conversation uh, with my um, with my cousin Tyler about um, about the spelling of Santa Claus because I insisted that the spelling of, Sa- of Santa Claus is Santa S A N T A Claus C L A U S E. That was my that was my. I insisted that it was spelled that way. I mean, for Christ's sake, look at the Tim Allen movie. The Santa Claus. That's what I said. That was my argument. He said, "No, you dumbass. That is a that is a misspelling of of the of Father Time or whatever you know of Father Father Christmas." Okay, it's a reference to a clause in a contract, and that's not the actual spelling of Santa Claus. Well, we got into a big fight over that, and I insisted it was my way, and he insisted it was his way. Well, Tyler, the the more stalwart negotiator, basically said. If you don't fucking concede this shit, I ain't doing the play. And so we took it to, you know, the parents. Tyler ain't doing the play. He thinks that Santa Claus is spelled without an E at the end of it. Well, my parents were like, yeah, duh. You know, our parents and my grandpa were like, duh, that's how it's spelled. The movie is a fucking play on words having to do with contracts. You know, so it turns out I was wrong and. But we've got it squared away, and the play went on. And then I got an excellent gift on Christmas Eve. That's where we—that's when we exchanged packages, and it was Bush's and a debut album, Sixteen Stone, which I just had thought was packed with bangers. Well, anyway, Merry Christmas.
6: To I didn't miss you, I got to do you. You're welcome. We're going to have a good night. Yeah? He's he's exciting. To the nice. He sees <laughs> you when you're sleeping. He
0: knows when you're awake. He knows if you've done mad or dead. So be good for goodness sake. Oh, you
6: better watch out. You better not cry. You better not cry. Better not cry. I'm telling you why. Then is coming I'm down here! Okay, guys,
3: we're ready to do the tree
0: lighting?
6: Okay, folks, you know the routine.
0: I need people to help me to do a countdown so we can light this tree. So I need all my little helpers to help me out with a countdown. You ready to help me? You can come over here next time. Want to start it? Nice and
3: loud. 10, 9, two,
12: 7, Ho, 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 Christmas. <laughs> what a beautiful trip.